to the Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcasts, which are now entering their fourth year of broadcast. Who would have thought that when Seth died in 2014, all these years later we would be making a podcast in his memory? It's a really exciting time for Charlotte and me. We've been recording 30 podcasts, one for each day in November, as part of Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. Charlotte has been talking to all kinds of people involved with pancreatic cancer and over the next 30 days we will hear lots of personal stories. Stories of love, stories of commitment, stories of hope and sadly, as always with pancreatic cancer, stories of loss. Each story will help you understand the challenges of pancreatic cancer as well as the signs and symptoms and will help you to have conversations with people and ensure that they are aware of what to look out for. Join us each day for our Purple Rainbow podcast. If you miss any of the episodes, you can catch up by visiting www.purplerainbow.co.uk where all of the podcasts will be stored for you to listen to at your leisure. Follow us on your podcast channel, like and share, and join us for an interesting month with lots of stories of love and hope. Welcome to today's episode of Purple Rainbow Pancreatic Cancer Podcasts. This episode that you're listening to is one of 30 episodes you're getting across November 2021 for Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. Yes, you're getting one episode a day. I'm Charlotte and today I'm sharing with you a fabulous conversation I had with Dawn. Dawn is the Deputy Chief Nurse at the Norfolk and Suffolk Foundation Trust, which is a mental health trust. And Dawn told me all about her uncle who has had, I think it's fair to say, a lasting impact on her life. So I had the, the oh, absolute delight of having an uncle, um, my uncle Elvis. He was my mum's uh, brother by about 18 months. And so he was a huge part of mum's life. Um, and he died of pancreatic cancer, um, probably just a few days after his 70th birthday. Um, he was always Uncle Elvis to me. He was an Elvis impersonator. Um, and he introduced me to Elvis when I was about five. And he bought me my very first um, Elvis vinyl, um, which I've still got today. Which one? Um, so it's the um, Elvis in the Leathers. So it's the kind of 68 comeback tour, which still remains to this day my absolute favourite Elvis. Um, and he looked like Elvis too. And certainly on a podcast, I can't you know share those pictures. But he had the hair and all the rest of it. And he was always doing his Elvis moves and his shakes and stuff like that. Um, and I think by the time I was 22 months, my mum recalls, I had over 70 dresses that he'd bought me. So he was obsessed with me as a child, as I was and still am of, of Elvis now at 55. Um, he started with back pain um, about six weeks before he died. Um, and it was really getting him down. And he tried many, many things, um, osteopaths, bone setters, um, homeopathic medication, massage, all sorts of things. And I went to see him and he said, you know, I, I just can't get on top of it. And as a nurse, you know, I 
thought there's something not quite right here. Um, he went into hospital for some tests and started some chemotherapy and from diagnosis to death was was around just over five and a half weeks. Um, when I went to see him um, a couple of days into his hospital admission, he was yellow. And I, I guess I knew then what was going to happen. It's a cruel, brutal, hidden condition. And when I met Leslie, the importance of the work that she does with Seth's legacy is just incredible because it is a condition that you just can't see until it's too late. And unless we talk about it and the signs and the symptoms that are so hidden, we'll never get to a point where we can treat it really early and people will survive. Um, and that's why I'm supportive of Seth's legacy. And every time my, I listen to Elvis, that's my legacy. Uncle Elvis sounds absolutely <laughs> fabulous. It was incredible, Charlotte, incredible. But now I'm Elvis mad. So he's left some sort of legacy in me. Absolutely. So on a scale of one to Graceland, how Elvis mad are you? <laughs> um, I'm Elvis mad. So I'm a, a full Graceland, been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I see every Elvis impersonator in the land. You can't see my office at the minute where I'm sitting, but um, I can assure you there's one, two, three, at least four Elvises in this room. Um, yeah, Elvis mad. And, and I think that's born out of that connection. It's born out the connection I had with my uncle Elvis. And it helps you carry that with you. And it helps you come to terms with loss. Um, he had a huge personality, a lot like Elvis. He would light up a room with his personality. Lots of politically incorrect jokes. He was a deep sea fisherman. So away quite a lot from home. But when he was back the room was a lie. I've just got this vision of Elvis on a trawler yeah. <laughs> at the moment. But, but Vegas Elvis is what I'm seeing on a trawler. Yeah. He was the Vegas Elvis, very much so. The same hair, same build. And I think, you know, I, I remember him standing in the window a couple of weeks before he died. And by that point, he was emaciated. And I remember him standing there and him saying to me, this has got me. It's absolutely got me. And he was by that point very, very frail and, di and died at home a couple of weeks later. Brutal, brutal to see a man that he was from being this life-size Vegas Elvis to six weeks later being dead. It's such a short time span as well, isn't it? That's, that's the heartbreak as you see it go so, so quickly. So quickly. And... It's so hidden. You, it's too late before, you know, back pain. And he, that's all he focused on. He'd hurt his back. And so we all went down that route. We just did. Because, you know, his, his lifestyle, we thought, yeah, it'd be a bad back. You know, manual workers, you, you just assume, don't you? Yeah, he's just pulled his back. He'll be fine. He's strong. Doing Elvis dances, pulled yeah. his back. <laughs> Absolutely. And then nothing you can do. But in hospital, still laughing and joking with the nurses and doing Elvis impressions. 
He sat, oh, do you know what? I think everyone needs Uncle Elvis in their life. I think everyone should have an Uncle Elvis, absolutely. You mentioned, obviously, you know, you've got four Elvises in your office, you're a big fan of Elvis, and you mentioned that it has been quite, is it quite comforting having the Elvis stuff around you? Does it make you feel closer to your uncle? My whole house is Elvis. I've got Elvis everything. I've got life-size Elvises in my home. I get a lot of comfort from Elvis. Um, I like all that stuff around me. Um, Lots of my friends say, I'll get rid of it all. But actually, you do get a lot of comfort from having stuff around you. Um, I like listening to Elvis. Um, We played all Elvis songs through his funeral, and many of those are my favourite. So, yeah, you do. You get a lot of comfort, a lot of comfort. And I'm sure not just from Elvis. I think people get comfort in many different ways, don't they, from different memories that they have, whether it be smells or places, people you know, that, that touch their lives. They have memories attached to those people. I think there's something special about music as well because it takes you yeah. it takes you straight to where you need to be, doesn't it? Every time I hear the song by Elvis called I'll Remember You, um, that's the one that I think that's Uncle Elvis is with me. And he is. He absolutely is. I totally believe that. We carry people that we've lost with us every day. They don't really leave us. They're just in a different space. Absolutely. So you said you've also been to see as many Elvis impersonators ever. Oh, yes. Which one, apart from Uncle Elvis, who obviously was the best, which one's your favourite? So at the moment, my favourite is a guy called Dean Z. So that's Dean, D-E-A-N-Z, Z. Um, Dean Z is my current favourite Elvis impersonator. He's um, from um, America. I saw him a couple of Sundays ago in Norfolk. Very, very good. And my second favourite is a guy called Sean Clush. Um, again, he was with Dean. Really, really worth seeing. Absolutely fabulous. And you you just feel you're in the room again. Shut your eyes and I'm there. If you could have one message to people that are listening, um, what do you, what, what's the one thing you want them to, to take away from, from the conversation today? I think it is around for me... It's almost like being a hypochondriac. If you see something, however small it is, to speak out, particularly if you're a man who's proud and traditional, try and have those conversations if there's something wrong. Because I think there were symptoms and signs that Uncle Elvis never told us because he was a man who was proud and traditional. So I think it is around have those conversations about anything, even the slightest thing that's not right for you and get treatment straight away. Thank you, Dawn, for talking to me for the podcast and for sharing Uncle Elvis with the world. Let's be honest, I think we all need an Uncle Elvis in our lives. And of course, thank you for listening. It's really, really important that you listen and I appreciate every single one of you. Please, please, please share this podcast. Leave us a review and a rating uh, on your podcast app. That's the best way of doing it. It really, really does help us get a bit more visible. And that's what that's what it's all about this month. We're here every day, an episode every single day in November, raising awareness of pancreatic cancer. You can find out more about what we're up to at purplerainbow.co.uk. And of course... We'll be back tomorrow.